thought I'd mix things up slightly. Firstly, just want to say, oh my God, the response to this has been totally overwhelming. We hit number four in the self-help category, which is super competitive. So I'm really excited about that because this message is so important to me and I really want it to spread far and wide for no other reason that these conversations need to be had. So I thought I would mix things up a little bit. For those who uh, have never heard of me, have no idea what I do, I am a podcaster. I have another podcast called Carlosophies, which started out being about a big business failure that I had and morphed into really just like me. It's it's my form of self-expression. It's me walking on the beach and just kind of free-flowing whatever's going on for me. So, Voice is my version of creativity. It's my version of self-expression and it's my main tool in moving through my feelings. So I thought what I'd do is tell you a bit more about my backstory and my history with depression and anxiety, really dive into where this all began. And it's a little side tangent. So from here, we'll go, oh my God, tomorrow's guest, you're just going to love Lily Wang. She is the bee's knees. Uh, so, so this is just like a little side tangent, um, to share with you a bit more about who I am and what my experience with mental health challenges are and how I creatively express myself. Okay. Enjoy. Creativity, self-expression and feelings. Creativity. Self-expression and feelings. Make some noise. 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 Okay, let's hear it. So here's something a little different, but not so different. As you know, I'm your host, Carly Nimmo, and you may not know that I have another podcast called Carlosophies. And I thought in today's episode, I would share a little bit more of my backstory about my own mental health challenges and how I got to this point. So you can probably hear the background is the beach. And the beach has always been a place of healing for me. It's a place where I come to remind myself of how insignificant I really am and that might sound a bit depresso but it's actually quite it 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 brings me back into a place of reality because so often in my depression the whole world you know it felt like I was separate from the whole world and my problems were all-consuming and so coming to the beach I just get this glimpse into how insignificant my problems are and I can connect to something much bigger than me which is really really important I feel like depression was this deep dark hole that I lived in and there was no way out you know it was just like me in this hole all by myself totally consumed by the darkness And up above, like, it was almost like I'd look up and I could see life going on around me, but I couldn't, 
connect to it. And it didn't matter, you know, a ladder would drop down every now and then from someone trying to offer me help to get out. And I just couldn't even reach the ladder. And then one day, I feel like the hole turned on its side and there was a catalyst for this moment actually there are a couple of catalysts that led up to this moment but the hole shifted on the side and it became a tunnel and I could see the end of the tunnel and then I could slowly make my way out to the light and the catalysts for that moment were one day I was just so I just hated myself. I just, I wished the world would swallow me up. I absolutely despised who I was. And I remember looking in the mirror and physically punching my reflection. I really hated myself. And I spent the rest of the day pretty much on, the cou- on my bed crying. And I thought to myself, How did I get here? How did I get to this point where I just despise myself? So that happened. And around the same time, a friend of mine passed away very unexpectedly. And he was one of those people that I wanted to be, that I aspired to be. He was creative and he was surrounded by friends and He was loved and, you know, he just had all these adventures and he was just a really cool guy who triggered the fuck out of me at that time. But I can see now because I really wanted to be like him and I couldn't have been any less like him at that point in my life. I was all alone. And not that I was, well, I was, I was living in a town where I knew no no one. I had my husband, Miko, and my dog, but nobody else. I didn't know anyone. I didn't really have any ways of connecting with other humans because I was, you know, I didn't have kids. So there wasn't like a school drop off. And I wasn't really able to connect to anyone because I was so in my shit and so questioning everything. So I'd be like, you know, if I did anything socially, I'd come away just beating myself up for being such a dickhead. And yeah, so these two things happened and they really made me reassess where I was and sent me on a bit of a spiritual journey, I guess. And. I've always been interested in spirituality and you know the occult and mysticism and stuff like that even as a kid and so I just dived straight into it. I went on a mental health plan with an amazing psychotherapist and I did group therapy and just tried anything and everything that could help. So body work, energy work, angel healing, like you name it. I had someone burp over the top of me while I laid on top of a crystal bed. Like I've done all kinds of out there wacky shit. 
and loved most of it. In between then, I've had a couple of other bouts of depression. One was brought on when I had a co-working space in Byron Bay in 2012 and it failed. And that was really the only time that I'd ever seriously considered suicide. Before then, I'd been depressed, but it had never really crossed my mind to take my own life. But there was one moment where I absolutely can more than considered it. So I had that bout of depression and took that failure very, very personally. And since then, I've probably had two other bouts. So one after the birth of my baby girl. And I just felt supremely alone and isolated in that. And then maybe the second, the, the last one would have been, um, I had a podcasting school, or I have a podcasting school called Radcasters. And uh, about two years ago, things were not, not going well at all. And uh, I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills. And I was just right back into all of my stories of failure that were triggered from the office collective and I was not in a good place then but since I've been really connected to and dedicated to I guess you would call it self-actualization and I've done that through using creativity and expression as a tool because you know sometimes we get these approaches that are like, well, just find your purpose and connect to what brings you joy. But when you're in that depressed state, you can't connect to that place. Even when I'm just not necessarily in a depression, but I'm experiencing, you know, apathy or I'm feeling just a bit overwhelmed, I can't connect to that joy place. Sometimes we've just got to feel the feelings that we're having in order for us to move through them and once we've moved through them then we can connect back to what brings us joy but in those moments when we're not in a great place emotionally it can be really hard so not really knowing in fact I didn't even really know what joy was I had to reconnect to all of my emotions. I had been numb for a very long time. And so in order to do that, I just started to practice. Well, one practice was mindfulness. So I'd set my alarm every hour to go off and I would just come back into my body and I would feel my feet on the ground and feel, go through the senses, right? So what can I smell right now? What can I taste? What can I hear? What can I see? What can I feel? How does my body feel? How am I feeling emotionally? Uh, and just bringing myself back into my body. And I practiced that for quite a long time instead. And in fact, I don't have the alarm, but it's still a practice now, which we can do. I'm doing it right now. Feeling myself in my body, feeling where my feet are hitting the sand, 
feeling where there's any discomfort, being aware of where I am and being where I am. So once I had practiced being in my body, I, because I wasn't, I was all up in my head all of the time. Once I had a practice of that, I had more levels of awareness as to what was going on for me. And, and then I played. And I've literally spent probably the best part of the last 10 years playing. Testing things out, doing some experiments. Uh, you know, trying out all different creative outlets. Pottery, painting, drawing, cooking. I'm not very good at cooking. That's not what I enjoy. <laughs> Gardening, uh, dance, singing. Singing has been my, my latest one. And it's through trying all these things out that I get a feel for what I do enjoy and what I don't. And through this process and taking others not necessarily through this process, but helping them reconnect to their, their, themselves through creativity. I've discovered that we can learn a lot about ourselves and the way we show up and, our, and get some awareness around our behaviors. It's really, really easy when we're creating something. And it's a process I use on my retreats. So just doing a simple exercise like vision boarding but instead of like so a vision board is like a uh, well, some people call it a treasure map it's got a whole bunch of different names but essentially you sit you rip pictures out of magazines and you kind of create a collage of things and under like I guess mainstream vision boarding <laughs> if there is such a thing it's a law of attraction tool, right? So you pick out the things you want in your life, you put them on the board, and then you're, it's a constant reminder so you can manifest those things into your life. But I don't really buy into that stuff. Um, for me, vision boarding is a tool of connecting back to what's important to you. How do you want to feel? Pick pictures that represent how you want to feel rather than the things that you want. Uh, and... And so do, through this process of vision boarding at my retreats, we also have an overarching theme, which is being the observer. So being aware of what's actually going on for you while you are creating this thing. Having awareness as to what's happening inside of you. What are the voices saying? What, what is the behaviors? Are you someone who can't commit to sticking things to a page? Are you someone who just commits, commits, commits to get it done because you want to be finished? Are you someone that needs to walk away and crack the shits and then come back? Are you someone who questions what's the fucking point? You know, what is your process when you're creating something? Because that process is your creative process. And I find a lot of people don't necessarily uh, feel like they're creative because they're not really a great painter, you know? But creativity is so much more than that. This is my creative outlet. My voice, using my voice is my creativity or one form of it. 
Your creativity can look any way if you're creating something. And so having that awareness of your creative, creative process allows you to then not see when the self-doubt kicks in as the time that you walk away because, you know, it's obviously not the thing if you're experiencing doubt. It's not all ease and flow. You know, if you, then you can let go of the, you know, the questioning so much through your process because you're just accepting that this is the way I create things and there is a natural order that I go through. You know, it's like as a woman and, you know, falling pregnant, gestating a child or baby and then giving it birth. It's a process. And even within the birthing process, there are cycles. There are cycles in everything. You know, have a look around us. I'm in the middle of summer right now. And, you know, the moon is like, it's like a quarter moon right now. Summer, seasonal cycle. Moon, moon cycle. <laughs> Even the ocean, the ocean has a tidal cycle. And to think that we're, I mean, as a woman um, who is in that phase of their life, you have a cycle. We all do. So the more that we can uh, embrace those and see them for what it is, even having awareness of your menstrual cycle as a woman helps you navigate those days where you are feeling down, you know, and you can have more loving kindness to yourself because you know, well, this is that part of my cycle where I'm feeling shit about myself. It doesn't mean I am shit. It's just part of my cycle. So there's less attachment to making it mean something and just allowing it to be what it is. And that goes for cycles and it goes for feelings. Allowing yourself to feel your feelings rather than attaching meaning to them, you know? So I will drop in from time to time with an episode when I feel like I've got something really uh, relevant to share about creativity and self-expression and feelings. So when, when, yeah, when I've got something really important that I think is going to benefit you guys, I'll do a solo app. It's not going to be like a every second app right now. It's just when I feel cold, you'll hear from me solo because I have some wonderful guests with amazing pearls of wisdom, but I also need to acknowledge and honor my own wisdom. And I want you to honor your own wisdom. So that's it from me today. I hope you've got a little better understanding of who I am and where I've come from. And if you would love to connect with me or if you would like to connect with me, I do have a Facebook group called Show Up Speak Up. And you're more than welcome to join me there. Also, I have a lot of fun on Instagram. And my handle there is at Carlosophies. And of course, you can jump on my mailing list and get the first 
seven days of Find Your Freak, which is an audio course all about reconnecting to who you are at carlynimo.com. Okay, until next week, peace out. And that's a wrap. Go to carlynimo.com to find ways to connect to your creativity and live life on your frequency. Until next week, make some. Oh.